Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about a 20 by 20 moon room with 1d6 moon elves and a moon treasure chest. Roll a 1d6 mimic on a 1. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we'll be talking about changing my quest adventure, The Gates to Tranquility, and into a proper module that I could distribute. I did that three seconds ago. I'm like Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I figured we talked about Watchmen last time, and maybe there's just a hard pivot to talking about the guy or the or the uh, the media empire. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be the media empire this time. Okay. Um, yeah, we're gonna. It's all Ozymandias, but not the same Ozymandias. Ah, uh, yeah. It's basically like a word association podcast, which is maybe just all podcasts already. <laughs> it uh, took me i will say as, as a one little bit of random off-topic stuff at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast episode it took me maybe two weeks of people talking about ozzy meaning the media company that was shutting yeah. down but is not shutting down but is maybe shutting down before i realized they were not talking about ozzy osborne i think that that's intentional because like they have ozzy fest but it, it is an intentional reference to ozzy mandius yeah, but like it's Which also definitely thing. like an intentional reference to Ozzy Osbourne because like you can't be <laughs> Ozzy and have Ozzy Fest and be like, oh, I can't believe people got us confused with Ozfest. Yeah. Fair, like, fair, fair, come fair. on, come on, fight me, people at Ozzy. <laughs> I don't have strong opinions about Ozzy. No, I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> I I went down like a brief internet rabbit hole about them, but so. Um, let me tell you a story about a thing that happened. Okay. Uh, I came dangerously close to working on a space between. Oh no. And so I panicked and I found yeah. something else to work on. That's terrifying. Um, I yeah, I, I came dangerously close to getting rad crawl to a playable state. Oh yeah. So, so my brain immediately came up with a new game. Look for chase the hollow, uh, like a week from now. It's like nice. m- more than 30% done. It's a good game. It's a good name. I like it. Thank you, right? Like it it I was driving and I was like looking at fall foliage and thinking about scary trees and thinking about that and the game more or less fully coalesced in my mind. Yeah. And so it's uh it's mostly transcribing it at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a little bit of what I'm doing too. Yeah. Uh and it's like, you know, it's nice. It's uh it's easy. It's going to be like a 12-page game or something like that. <laughs> I did we'll get into this in a second, but I did I did have a lot of fun rereading the stuff that I had written from like 2-3 years ago. Uh, okay. It's good. Good. <laughs> it's like, hey. There's a lot of like in there's a lot of like here read this to your players stuff that I wrote yeah. that I did not at any point read to my players. Okay. Um, but I wrote mostly for me, but it's now useful for this project that I'm working on. Perfect. Let's talk about this project you're working on. Uh, yeah, so I have had the idea for a while that I should take uh, a bunch of the game prep that I've made mm-hmm. for different like one-offs and stuff that I've run and just push it over the edge into like a proper module. Yeah. And then do some layout and then put it up somewhere. Yeah, Maybe, maybe for people to pay for, maybe for people to just... Uh, to pay for maybe to pay for <laughs> maybe i mean worst case scenario, you stick it like pay what you want you know yeah um so there, there's was... a lot of wisdom actually that pay with that pay what you want if you're not doing a kickstarter mm-hmm. pay what you want might be 
one of the best business models. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've there's, been a fan of. Yeah. There's like a ton of people that have put things up as pay what you want and been like, yeah, I put it up, pay what you want, suggest a donation, $5. And people came in like, hey, value yourself. Here's a hundred bucks. <laughs> and, well, especially uh, because I am not trying to make money off of this. Like I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to, to, I'm not trying to make this my, this isn't my job. Yeah. Um, and honestly, mostly, mostly the reason why this popped into my head was when I went to go run Quest. Uh, so sorry. So <laughs> let's, I guess let's start with uh, the game that I'm talking about in particular is Quest. Okay. Uh, when I when I went to go run Quest, I looked for pre-made adventures. Yeah. And couldn't find any. Like, That's or there so were a couple. Weird. There were like, there's like one that the Quest designers have made. Okay. And there were like maybe two or three others. Yeah. Um, but there was like not the like dozens and dozens that I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Quest was such like a weird thing because it really looked like it was going to be this enormous, like, yeah. uh, industry disrupting moment. And, uh, and I think that's partially just because it had a whole lot of really pretty art. Yeah. And it had a um, pretty good, like, uh, marketing behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I still really like the game. I think it's a great game. It is, if you are, if you are a person who is looking to, uh, design he wants to get into like designing monsters or designing like my cool magical items it has a really intuitive system for that uh and i found it like very fun to make monsters i keep making stupid monsters based off of uh <laughs> popular music songs if, if it helps at all i have made three different rad crawl items that are sodas um yeah and only just, one of those sodas actually exists in a so. way that i have found it difficult to write pbta moves yeah i did not find it at all difficult to make quest monsters and, and and magical items there's there's something about just like finding that game that makes your that like vibrates on the same frequency as your brain yeah that like you sit down at it and you start like just putting things into content and it's like oh this is something that's really easy to do for me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And actually, and you know what, being being legitimate, like there's there's easier systems to write for. Like Radcrawl is I, I'm able to make silly corn fanta cards because Radcrawl yeah. is easy. It's easier well, than PBTA. And Quest is one of those games yeah. in that like largely the way that you make monsters is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Cool. Um, there's really only two stats that you assign them and there's really strong guidelines for how you do that. And then there's like, it's just like assigning a special abilities. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where you, so you can make a custom monster by saying, okay, well, based off of this rule, like these guidelines, then it should have this much HP. Yeah. And based off of these guidelines, it should have this attack. And then I will pick three special abilities from the book. Perfect. And then that's it. It sounds delightful. But if you do it like a couple times. Yeah, it's super easy. But then after you do that a couple times, it's really easy to say, okay, well, I'm going to use this special ability from the book and that special ability from the book. And then yeah. I will just tweak this special ability a little bit to make it something different. Yeah. And then after you do that a couple times, you're just like making your own special abilities. And it's super That's easy. cool. I love that. That it's, that it's, hits a lot of the same like goals that I have with Radcrawl. I yeah. think quest, the rules are is, simple enough that it teaches you how to use them. And then in yeah. teaching you how to use them, it teaches you how to break them and write your own. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I want to see. So, that's, so we're going to do that. Yeah. Or so, we're going to talk about modulizing your. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about specifically like specifically yours. 
specifically my this adventure that I wrote. Yeah. And how to turn it into a module. And mostly like thinking about how like I had some conversations with my roommate the other day about the story that I'd set up for this one shot worked as a one shot because okay. I defined everything. I said, here's yeah. what the world is like, here's what here's where you are. You all have a magical item that is relevant to the plot already. Yeah. But if I'm making this as a module, then I want it to be I want it to be playable as a one shot, okay. but I want it to be something that you can grab and slot into your ongoing campaign. Cool. So I've had to okay. tweak the story a little bit just to yeah. make it a little bit less um like I created a setting that involved like a big event that caused all of magic to die out. So the in the in the world that you start off in magic is dying. So I've just tweaked that a little bit. Yeah. Um but other than that, like I'm just trying to think about how what is the best way to frame all of this and then how what what should I have? What features of a module? Cuz I'm not actually someone who has ever I don't think I've ever run a game off of a module. Oh, ever. really? I don't know that I've ever <gasps> done that. James, I, you're even geek back, cred. Even back when I played D&D, I ran my own custom stuff. And so, I don't know what's in a module that I need to make sure that I have. Right, yes, cuz like if you've if you've never run one, that, like why would you even know what's in it? It's different yeah. from I mean, I've, I've spent a little bit of time now looking at the couple of the modules. And like one yeah. of the reasons why ultimately I didn't go with a couple of the modules for quest was because i didn't like the way they were written <laughs> um the the one that that works for the the one that's for the uh that the, the quest folks themselves have written is yeah. actually pretty good and so i went through and i wrote down some of them the, the elements that they have yeah um but i feel like i can do better honestly perfect well let's let's do it so the rough framework that i grabbed from them if i can pull this up quickly is that basically they listed um a a couple like start off like kicker stuff um things that are like secret contexts they so they they like con they contextualize every element in their module as a secret context a piece of exposition some prep dialogue prep um some tri uh, trials encounters tests that sort of thing um open content which is like stuff that they can just find out and so the way that they frame all of their uh, their module is that so it starts off with like stuff that's like straight to the GM. Here's the premise for this whole adventure. Um, uh, some cont contextual hooks for like here's here's like um, where what the story might look like. Like if like why are you going to this place? Um, there's there's is about a trickster god so it's like what are the things that have been happening yeah um and then some and then some quick things about the setting like okay. the, the world in the city or the, whatever that's relevant yeah and then it pretty much moves into a really formulaic uh series of four or five parts that are always like here is the beginning of the part here is some secret information for the gm here okay. is some stuff to read to the to the players and then yeah. like Here's a an NPC. Here's the stuff they might say. Here's the stuff that they know. Here are some items. Yeah, and then it loops that, which it seems like that is functional. That yeah tells you what you need to do, but it isn't. It isn't quite hitting for what you're wanting to do. Yeah. So at the very least, um, I guess to tell you about the way that I prep too. Yeah. Um, I so when I wrote this 
adventure. I did actually go through and write some of that stuff, which yeah. is a little bit unusual. <laughs> the like, the, I, I'm not a person who writes down and scripts out like the the your your adventurers come over the hill and they see the golden city uh, in the valley below kind of stuff. Like, but I I did write a little Hobbes bit of that stuff. Cross the door. Yeah, yeah. I have. Where is it? Uh, <laughs> the city of Crom is dead and more alive than ever. When the gate exploded out of the, it's, it's outskirts, when the gate exploded out of the ground at its outskirts, magic rolled over the city, wood rotted, stone weathered, and folks were pushed out to the edge of town. It wasn't the beginning, but it was a beginning. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. By the that way, stuff. Uh, listeners, if you want us to speak in those voices from now on, just let us know. <laughs> It'd be very easy for us to make that switch. Yeah. Um, and then I scattered into it some some encounters. Okay. Um, I made note of uh, different things that could possibly happen, paths, and I basically said, here are some encounters you can slot into where, like, wherever you okay. need. Yeah. Um, I tend to think, I didn't do this for this, but I tend to, for masks, think about things as, um, I tend to just plot out story beats and visuals. Yeah. So my yeah. my prep is like a big list of story beats and and visuals, and it's like here's a story beat. We need to have like we need to have this person tell you this thing, or yeah. I want this person to attack, or here's a couple possible twists or yeah. story beats you can hit, and then here are some visuals. Like I really want to get uh, a shot of the moon. I really want to have them at the top of the tower looking down over the edge. I want to do yeah. X, Y, and Z, and so I scatter those out through, and that's sort of like the framework for how I prep adventures. I think that uh, that a lot of what you've got is, like, useful, and it's just a matter of, like, formatting it in a way that's, like, really uh, friendly, right? Because fundamentally, when you're looking at a module, a lot of times they'll lead you through, like, some box text and stuff like that. But, like, what you're talking about with like, having, like, a specific visual cue to, to kind of cue into <laughs> is basically just set pieces, right? Yeah. Like, if you think yeah. of a module as frequently having, like, some kind of map, some kind of, like, you know, here's where this happens, th- those are just set pieces. Because no one cares about, like, you know, if you're if you're wandering through the forest and you have a fight, forest is a fine place to have a fight. It works, whatever. But, like, a cool magical glen is more interesting. Yeah. What's and, the um? What's the thing that you're supposed to? Uh, God, I, I wish I could remember what it's called or who to give this credit to. But there's a, isn't there the thing you're supposed to do? Where you're supposed to like uh, write down like five visual things, three auditory things, and two smells. Ooh, I'm trying to remember location. who this was. Uh, I don't remember who said that. Uh, but yeah, there's there's there's, there's some sort. I mean, like there's a thousand of those. You know, like there's yeah. uh there's there's one called cats. I don't remember what cats is called <laughs> stands for. Um, you know, there's a thousand different ways you can do all of that. And fundamentally, what you're trying to do is make it so that the GM doesn't need to come up with those things in the moment or ahead of time. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I know based off of the way that I jam, at least I would much rather have a list of things that are like, here are five things that the characters might smell. Here's like six things they might see. Yeah. Here are some visuals to call out, like describe a bat attacking a bug or something like that. Like some yeah. qu- rather than like a, here's six paragraphs for you to read down through the deep, a bat attacks a bug. <laughs> yeah. That's way less useful than like, uh, than just like a quick, I would rather give you, you a bunch in. of, give you a bunch of puzzle pieces to say yeah. 
tell your own description, but here are some evocative phrases to put in. Yeah, they're definitely like if you look at like some like OSR style movement in module writing, because like let's be honest, trad spaces have not evolved on module writing. <laughs> uh it they just they just haven't. Like the new the new thing that D D is like advertising that their new module means you don't have to fight things it's like bro (laughs) you haven't had to fight things through any of these modules it's always been the case but they don't have anything new for that but like osr spaces have been doing more experimentation with like how you format stuff how you uh, share information and like uh i think there is still a space for box text i am currently doing two projects that involve box text but uh you don't need to you can you can do things in much more like sophisticated ways that give you like, hey, here are visual cues to dot in. Um, you can have character descriptions instead of having like four paragraphs of character descriptions where it's like uh, Grumble Flavum the, the gnome will blah, 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 blah for two and a half pages. You have like Grumble Flab in the gnome, uh, always blowing his nose, uh, chomping on, uh, chomping on some, some Bailey uh and uh gregarious boom you're done and like a gm can look at that and have a couple of things to describe and will build out their own grumble flab in the gnome because it doesn't matter that much oh I i opened this up to see what this looked like to remember um the they the the folks who make lancer yeah made made a a pre-made adventure they released Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm remembering now I'm realizing that structure of plotting out like story beats and then sort of saying like, like you'll figure out how to get from story beat one to story beat two. Yeah. Here's where those beats should be. That's all from this. They oh, have no kidding. Yeah. Like they literally have it written out exactly the way that I do, or I, I, I guess I've stolen their format where it's just like beat nine downstream and then beat 10 <laughs> siren and then a mission and then beat 11. And then, and each one of these has like. Uh, I'm going to see Lancer is not quite exactly what I'm looking for here, but like it has briefings. It has, it lists goals for each of the NPCs clocks you can tick and stuff like that. But Hey, if it this works, a, this is a very, like if you, I think I'm gonna have to go back through this to remember some of the stuff that it does, because I would say this is an adventure that I could run like this, okay. this Lancer module, no room for a wallflower is really good. Fantastic. That's great to just like, cause like once you, cause like just like no game is written for everybody, no module is written for everybody. Yeah. Um, and there are modules that like, that hold your hand through every single step and say like, you know, this is where you meet seven goblins and these are their (laughs) names and this is how much gold they have in their pouches. And there's things that say like, you'll have an encounter with someone from a random table or even use one of your random your own home games random tables right here yeah uh and both of those are like totally legitimate it just depends what the group you're writing for is my gut says that you're writing for like story gamey people that are flexing into trad games because i think that that's kind of where quest lives it's either trad gamers that are flexing a little bit into something more story or story gamers that are flexing a little bit into something more trad yeah 
So the, the nice thing about this is there's a little bit of both yeah. story game and just straight up combat. Yeah. Um, the adventure that I've that I've planned or that I ran it involves it involves going through a portal uh, to the moon okay. and then to fighting the Lunar Lander. Spoilers. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but it, it's and so there is like a lot of it's it's good it's a good in this like one of the, this is again well one of the reasons why I thought that I could do this is like yeah um it starts in a city okay and you could very easily use my city of okay. Alisport uh, caster or you could literally make it any city in your world existing already as Perfect. long as you're willing to destroy it because the the, oh. the sort of like <laughs> inciting event is that the city is destroyed okay this giant portal stargate bursts from the ground um but, and there's a whole bunch of like role play and shopping and sort of traditional uh fantasy adventure stuff that happens leading up to them going through the gate and yeah. then once you go through the gate then you're totally in my world of the moon that i made yeah up. and so then i can give out like a, a list of different creatures because i have a whole bunch of moon creatures i have a couple different random encounters there's a couple encounters that have to happen in certain places like when you go through spoilers that, that's that's great kind of like because fundamentally like what makes there's there's so many different ways to make a module but one of like the kind of core easiest ways to make a module is having a dungeon yeah and like the moon is not a dungeon but although the there moon is a dungeon, dungeon. The moon, okay there's a, the moon is a dungeon, dungeon in the sense that you go to the moon and then you find the moon castle talk to the queen of the moon <laughs> and she says sure you can go down into the moon dungeon but also the moon is a dungeon because yeah. like when when you're thinking of like a module um that is a dungeon focused module you're saying like hey this is a space that has not already been written i'm i yeah. am like when you step into this there's no possibility that you've already done part of it right yeah um, and if, so and everything if, and can even be in the in status even on the rare chances that you have gone to the moon already <laughs> which is a possibility in quest like one of the magical items in quest is just a spaceship Okay. okay, I was gonna say so that's possible. Vanishingly low. Um, it's pretty, but it, but it doesn't have to be that moon. It could be a different right. moon. Like it's ambiguous as to which moon you're going to. In yeah. fact, it's actually highly likely that it's our moon. <laughs> uh, and so you probably have not gone to our moon. Yeah, or a weird alternative version of our moon <laughs> that has elves on it. But yeah, I'm pretty um, sure that's the regular version of our moon. Yeah, I did think about making it made of cheese, but. But so, like no. that—that that differs from a, uh, from a module that's based on an existing like city, right? Yeah. Like, because yeah, yeah. you could have a module that is like, "Hey, this is uh the sewers of Neverwinter," and it's like, "Oh, great, we've been playing in Neverwinter for three and a half years." Uh oh, our Neverwinter is different from their <laughs> yeah. Neverwinter. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the reasons I liked this and I wanted to yeah. do this. And also gives the opportunity to like totally mess things up on the moon. Yeah, totally. And yeah, you can things can go as sideways as you want and at the end of the day you leave the dungeon. Yeah, it may cuz the elves on the moon are not happy. <laughs> Their world is dying. Okay, uh, so they went to the moon. Yeah, well, they You're throwing a the lot of spoilers for your I know. For your module on here. It's good though. Uh, it's fine. It's you a can good, censor it's a good them. setting. I mostly I came out of it like 
unhappy with how some of the things had worked and i retweaked yeah. them a little bit and that was and then but i really like the actual like dungeon dungeon good uh, good i really i came up with a bunch of of like um not in ca- like i think the place where where quest shines is not yeah. even in combat but in the you are weird heroes who have cool weird abilities okay and using those cool weird will weird abilities in unique ways that are not necessarily in combat yeah and so i wrote a bunch of um <laughs> you have to go through a couple like trials or trapped rooms that have unique puzzles to solve um perfect that can be dealt with in different ways based off of the cool weird abilities you have perfect yeah that's 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 module written all over it yeah so, so what else i'm sorry go I, ahead what what else should you have yeah like what should i not forget what's like the one thing you would say i should not forget to include what's the one thing i would say you should not forget to include um you should make the pieces connect to each other with nothing ideally with no ability to lose the ending yeah so like that is where you like this is this is general gm advice also that like if the players need to find a book they need to find the book yeah and so you have to make it so that the players can find the book no matter what uh, yeah, and I think I think largely I have done that. Like once you go, I mean, I guess you could like if you if your group sat down and you were like, "Gee, guys, this city over here exploded, and now there's a big portal," and all your players were like, "Let's not go through it," <laughs> or "Let's not go to the town and see what's there. Let's see what's left." Then like you would have you would escape the story. But yeah, that's you, a table if you, issue. If you accept that hook, then yeah. like the hook pulls you through into the in, onto the moon, and then like there's some combat. There's like you've got to go to the the to the keep of of the 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 moon elves and like you could choose to sneak in you could choose to walk in you could choose to like fight your way in yeah uh, you'll all probably have to go that way like you need to end up in the basement uh, to get into the dungeon yeah there isn't really another way I mean ultimately and, even if you found another way you still have to go down to the dungeon and it's and not really your your job as the module designer to motivate the table to go on adventures like you should dangle yeah. something to them so that that's either something interesting like you want them to be to want to go there you want to make an appealing an appealing dungeon yeah but fundamentally if you're playing a dungeon exploring game and people are not exploring dungeons yeah uh that's I mean, that's a table like, issue not a, yeah. not that's like, this that's is not a world a where issue. <laughs> that's a, one of the biggest cities in the in the fantasy world exploded yeah and now there is like a small pilgrim community in a coliseum next to a giant stargate yeah and if you're not interested in that then if you don't want to go there and talk to the pilgrims figure out why people haven't been coming back through the stargate <laughs> and like talk to the strange man who comes through and follow him back to the moon like that's really like on you i think it's a good story it's an adventure game yeah there, that's the that's adventure. adventure yeah um so yeah so as long as it isn't like like, you know, even if they left, there'd still be a Stargate there. Yeah. You yeah. can always come back to it once you establish yeah. it's there. And that's go, the, the, go west that's marching the a little bit. Hmm? Do some uh, west marches a little bit. I mean, that is ultimately, I think, the other thing that is the strength of this of this adventure and why I want to turn it into a thing is that once you've established it and done the adventure, like the Stargate, I think, isn't probably going to go away at the end. Yeah. And so you can always go back to the moon and talk to the moon people. 
Fun. Yeah. And then that means you could additionally have put more advent. You could put more adventures on the moon or GMs could could put more adventures on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've established it's there. Yeah. So I think when you're writing in a module to me, you want to really establish the things that are necessary for the beginning and the assumptions of that module. Yeah. And the cool thing that is at the end. Yeah, one of the things that I wanted to do a little bit more explicitly than other modules that I've seen is yeah. just like explicitly say, here are some ways that you could hook the players into the story. Yeah. Like you can tell them, like if you want to, if you're playing this as a one shot and you want to start them and say, hey, you're already on your way to this city. Yeah. Then you can do, do that. that. But if you want to like, totally. just like, here's a way to like, if you want to plant it in your world, tell them wherever they are about the city that just exploded. Yeah. Or if they're traveling nearby, tell them about the, the, the giant Stargate they can see. Like, here are a bunch of different ways that you might introduce this and then entice people over to it. Totally. And I feel like that's like, you know, after like a quick summary of like, what is this module? Yeah. What does it look like? Is that right? Um... Also, modules should be indexed. Yeah. Indexing your modules is a great idea. Yeah. Um, but like having like a quick flow, what does this module look like? What are the beats fully written out for the GM to just like go like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Yeah. That's super useful. And then like, if this is a one shot, here's your setup. If this is not a one shot, here's your setup. Yeah. The... Uh, the the pre-made adventure by the folks who make quest yeah. have for their for each of their different parts and actually really for subsections within that um, little like guidelines for how long each section should take. Okay, which I that's think interesting. is interesting. Yeah, I've, um, I've never seen that, but that's really yeah, I haven't either. I I think that maybe a a, a thing that I might want to try to do is say here is how long I think that this could roughly take. Yeah. And if you would like to draw this part out, here are some other things you can do. If yeah. you need to speed things up, here's here's a way to rush people through. Um, I mean, some of the story beat, like some of like some of that is like, okay, so one of the beats that happens is one of the space elves comes through the, the Stargate, and yeah. no one has done that yet. So that's like a you can let the players play around in this city or in this in this like uh, caravan town. Yeah. do all the shopping they want to do, talk to people and stuff as long as they want. And as soon as you need to cut that off, have the person come through the Stargate. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it, it could even be useful to have like a little like a uh, symbol, <laughs> like, uh, like a little clock symbol. That's like, uh, if, if you could make, get a little symbol of like a clock that looks panicked, mm. that's good. <laughs> And then, like, maybe, like, a symbol of, like, a clock that looks sleepy. You just stick those next to those sections. You know, like, the if you're taking your time, if you want to this to last a little bit longer, here yeah, you go. Here's some, here's some additional stuff. If uh, if you need to hurry things along because, you know, we've got pumpkin time coming at the end of the night, <laughs> yeah. then uh, here's how you do it. Yeah, I like that. That sounds less good. like a Cinderella reference on October 11th. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then it does the rest of the year. I assume you meant like there's a pumpkin pie in the oven and it's about to come out. <laughs> no, no. See, this is the problem is that we're in October. Your friend so, is going to uh, show up with a pumpkin spice beer. Yeah, yeah. And, that's <laughs> or uh, or coming back with pumpkin spice drinks. Yeah, uh, coffee beverages. No, that's, I was I was doing Cinderella, but that's probably not important. Um, 
And then like from there, how do you connect those things? You know, like what are the fun, what are the fun set pieces? If you're yeah. having, if you do want to have a fight on the moon, on the moon is, this is going to sound ridiculous. On the moon is a boring location. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Repelling so, between the the sides of the moon crevasses is a fun location. Yeah. So that's where, like, actually, the way that I have written this, there's a there's an encounter as soon as you walk through the Stargate. Cool. Um, or relatively soon yeah. after. Um, and then I I have uh, a section that I just called the Road to the Keep that okay. has like two or three encounters that yeah. are all tied to geographic locations. Cool. And I sort of said, uh, do these in whatever order you would like, James. Cool. Um, you could even put those as a random table. Yeah, and like and I have think it that so I, like, I probably will. Uh, on a and like just make it so that the table result is not just you see an angry moon rat yeah it's you stumble into this situation yeah well because again a lot of what i what i tried to do was never write an encounter so there are always it's almost always a puzzle that you have to solve while something is attacking you perfect uh to distract (laughs) from that and so uh yeah one of them is like you suddenly fall into a crevasse that's full of moon dust so you didn't see it yeah perfect and you can give a save there if you want to give a save Why would I? Quicksand. <laughs> you should be looking out for moon quicksand. Definitely should be. Yeah. As as we all know from childhood. Yes. Um, <laughs> the ever-present threat of quicksand. Constantly thinking about it. Um, And then honestly, I guess like from there, if you're going into a social situation that there's like a lot of flexibility, like if you're going into like an open world situation that you're like, we're here in the moon city that we're going to be talking to people and we're going to be doing whatever like for that you format it differently obviously yeah because some of it is not you're more looking um, for like key features that people might be looking for as opposed to like here's the next thing i named the queen of the yeah mostly i gotta gotta go through and rechange all these names (laughs) some of them are i stole um but mostly you're gonna go talk to the queen like the Part of the plot is that the moon kingdom is dying. Okay. There's no one left. It's all empty stuff. Okay. Um, and so I want to try to get you to the queen fast. And then how how exactly she deals with you, I think, is the big piece okay. of that. And then and you go down into the well. And obviously there's no reason that you can't, like, just shortcut straight to things. Like, yeah. if you if it is important for the for you to have a talk with the queen immediately and like the sooner the better sooner 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 the better then you step through that portal in the box text at the beginning and you're standing there uh looking at the queen and her envoy who are actively about to leave the portal and we're startled by you and your horses (laughs) yeah there's definitely i think there's a good way to write i think having those icons and stuff you were talking about the clock sad clock and the tire clock those are good ways to sort of indicate like if you need to shortcut this or if you're looking to tell a very short version of this story here's how to really truncate this or if you want to do the like if you like yeah the portal goes straight into the into the into the castle now you're just doing the dungeon totally and like either of those is completely fine and you can have both of them um because you could even have like a this is your timeline. Yeah. This is your short timeline. It encounters one, five, yeah. nine. If I, if I label them out as beats, yeah. I could say, 
if you want to do the long way, hit all the different beats. If you want to run through it as fast as possible, here are the unavoidable ones. Make sure you hit them. It's yeah, exactly. Just 7, 14, and 22. Because numbering your encounters also makes it really easy if you do want to have a map of some kind mm-hmm. to put those numbers on a map. Yeah, I hadn't thought about doing a map. Um, I didn't use a map when I did it. You um, definitely don't need to. Like, not every module needs a map. A map. Yeah, but I might have some, like, it can be pictures. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could stick a hex crawl grid over it and label stuff on that. Yeah. If you're using I had, pictures. The dungeon is the thing that might need a map. Okay, but, cool. Um, it was not super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> physically. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that. It's, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I went through, and I might do this again. Um, there are some abilities that let you sense, like, sense magic. Okay. Is an ability. And some of them have, like... Um, and so I went through for the abilities that I knew... Um, mm, that you knew the players they, had were, that I, my players had like I knew a player had sense magic I knew one of the players had death sense they could sense dead things or the undead and so I yeah. put little flags saying uh, hey if you have a character when they enter this room it's gonna pop and they're yeah. gonna sense magic so I might go back through and look at the abilities for things that sense stuff and see if any of them apply and give you more flags for more types of characters yeah that can definitely be useful Um, I mean like also like some things will say like uh, like where alignment, uh, sensing is a thing in D and D, the stat blocks will just say like, you know, this is an evil knife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And For, so you can well, do that also, and the GMs can put together if their player has that ability. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the monsters, at least. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to call it out in the rooms because some of them there's magic items and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's like you know. If you, but like, if in a room it's like there is a magic item hidden behind this this door, uh, then the GM should be paying enough attention that they're like, oh, it's a magic item. So if my player uses yeah. sense magic, but it also takes a sentence to yeah, write. Yeah. your sense magic will pop in this room, and that's what I did oh, for yeah. myself, and I found that it was very helpful. Totally. I just mean like I I don't know how many of those things quests has. You know, yeah. like I don't think you need to have fair, like. Fair, fair, fair detect plant life will show you this yeah, yeah detect yeah, no. rodents will tell you this but for things like detect the undead or sense magic i think it yeah. was useful things things that are relatively core to the to the system um i think i need to rework my some of my enemies a little bit some of okay. my encounters were unbalanced but that's just sort of like i feel like i know a little better now i've made this was yeah. like the star oracle was the first monster i ever made for 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 quests and now i have a little bit more experience um and those are relatively easy to change like like if you release this and then people go like hey james my player died immediately i actually expect that i may need to write a second version of this yeah um or i might try to find someone who has has run quest a little bit and be like hey would you look at this for 15 bucks and uh (laughs) tell me if this looks balanced to you yeah totally uh, quest has a pretty simple balancing structure. You just like add up all the health of the monsters and all the, uh, I forget exactly how the math works, but there's like a very simple math that tells you how many monsters you need for how many players you have. That's great. Yeah. So that's largely what I did. And yeah, so like that might be about it. Like I think it can be, I like it when a module suggests future plot hooks 
Mm. Um, I know that that's not something that everybody likes. Um, but I like having like, even if it's just like at the end, like, like having little references to like, uh, oh, like, oh, you found this flag and then the Mm -hmm. flag has some lore behind it. And then like, you just like give like a little page reference that it's like in the back, it says, if the players want to pursue this flag, uh, it's not really a part of this adventure. Uh, here is some beginning lore for you to start out. And then if you put out this and then later on you're like, ooh, I want to go back to that flag. Then you just edit the PDF to say like chasing the checkout, chasing the flag by James Malloy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking even something as simple as like future plot hooks. Like if you come back in a year, uh, what might this how might how might things have changed? Or if what's 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 a what's a thing that might happen the next time you go through the portal kind of stuff to give them hooks. And then if you do decide you want to do further stuff, you go like uh, moon, moon elf landing fight <laughs> session two. Yeah. And you can build off of those same plot hooks that you introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think having an index is something I hadn't thought about. Indexing is that I, I might. so wonderful because like you can have like um, it can be helpful to have like sections that are like quick access. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you probably when you have an NPC present and like the GM is like on that page with that NPC, it can be useful to have like a little block of information about them. But if you are okay with, uh, with either reprinting information or having an index, having like a little micro stat thing for NPCs somewhere else in it, in like an NPC section is yeah. really good I mean, if you've got enough NPCs for quest it. Last, uh, uh, quest, um, it really lends itself to that really well. Yeah. Because it has this little very basic stat block that's just like the name of the monster, how much yeah. HP it has, how much attack it has, and then what are, what are the special abilities that it has. And yeah. then either you can just write the name of the special ability or define what it is. And then it has a sort of like fully fleshed out version of it that includes nice. like what's an intro scene, what are its what are their goals, what, what might they do, that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, as it occurs in the... As you're scrolling through the the adventure, you might like there's the the gobbler fish that uh, that appears in the in the moon sand. Um, yeah, you're gonna have like the here's how they here's what it looks like the first time one jumps out of the sand, the sinking yeah. sand, and like here's what it's gonna try. Here's what it's here's what its goal is in this scenario. Yeah, and then but also I could just put at the end of the book. Here's the the raw stat block. Yeah, because it honestly, probably like a little monster manual for people that want to continue to and and honestly, play with that these space. are all they're all formed uh, to be printed out like monster. The monster stat block is all to be designed to be printed out as cards. Oh, perfect. So I'll probably include it in the in the actual like text of the game, but yeah. then have a section at the end that is like, and here's all the NPCs either as an index for you to scroll yeah. through quickly, or you can print this out as a as a deck of cards. Perfect. That's great to have. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I liked. I like writing content for quest because yeah. it is, it is sort of really well designed to, to let people do that. That's great. So, yeah. And the same thing with magical items, you can Perfect. write them, put them in the moment. You can put a, 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 a an index, you can print them out as cards. Yeah. Like everything is designed to be printed out as cards. Yeah. <laughs> and if your intention is just digital, distribution like if you don't intend to uh 
to make it a physical product, yeah. then you can have as many pages as you want. Which is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, like another thing is you can make it initially as a digital product. And then if you decide that you want to make it into a physical yeah. one, then you That's play fair. around and you make your decisions and you cut I mean, I guess where we'll you see, need to cut. We'll see how many pages it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I might I might even do the 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 Jeff Stormer method of upload it as it is and then yeah. say if it makes enough money I'll go pay someone to do some art for it. Yeah. Um totally. That is uh, the the funding models that we currently follow are good for helping somebody who already has access to art and already has as- access to like yeah. a starting fund to make something much bigger. Like it's, it's good for taking, it's good for taking $5,000 worth of work and turn it into $50,000 of work. Yeah. It isn't yeah. good for like taking something that you don't have as much investment in either because you don't have access to investment or because you don't want to in- invest in it and turning that into something huge, you know? Yeah. Which is where the, like the, these new, the new models of, of I'm going to release a small version of the game first and then release a, a larger version of it later, or yeah. I'm going to release a, uh, the full text of the game, but with no images. And yeah. then once it hits a certain amount of money, I'll release a version with images later. I'll release the ultimate edition, the, the Jeff, Jeff Stormer director's cut version of anyone can wear the mask. <laughs> um, and there's also nothing wrong with doing like an itch funding style growth a game release mm-hmm. and then down the road if you decide like okay now i've managed to get the money together to get the art to get the layout to get the editing to get things together and now i want a physical version now i'm going to kickstart yeah well like, i think i think maybe the way to go would be i'll write this adventure and then yeah. put it up there see if people like it and then like you were saying maybe i go back and write another adventure on the moon and then if yeah. i've got like three or four adventures maybe that's enough pages to warrant doing a a book totally or or you keep it little you keep it uh zine style you know uh there's nothing wrong with releasing zine style stuff it's all about what your goals are um like for me what i'm doing with uh chase the hollow is i am releasing it digitally i'm not expecting to make it physical but if people really like it then i'll fix it up i'll i'll do some additional layout i'll I'll probably get some real art instead of just my (laughs) (laughs) thrown together text uh, and then I'll put it up as then like, you know, maybe I do a small Kickstarter and just yeah. kickstart a zine and like, you know, print more, print more zines than I, than I sell. So I can have like some additional things that I'm selling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the, re- um, the, the thing that people have been talking a lot, not that, the, that either of us are maybe experts on, <laughs> on, uh, on, on We're funding not and monetization on <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Or anything at all. Um, but I like the thing that people have been talking about with uh, focusing on Kickstarters that are producing a, a physical product where all of the stretch goals are like, I will pay all of the artists yeah. 10% more or 20% yeah. more. And, and so all the, the, the or, or most or some of the stretch goals are just like, uh, we're, we're going to help pay the people who are involved more. Yeah, there's something to be said work. for that because like, like, let's be honest. If I do kickstart, like, Chase the Hollow, what am I going to put as a stretch goal? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a, it's going to be, if, even if I make it, like, if I make it a hefty version of what it is in my head, it's a 25-page game. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, I, the, uh, nobody wants the hardcover 
reflective version of my 25-page game. Uh, but if I can pay everybody more that is involved in it, that's awesome. If I can have some additional stocks that if additional people want to buy into it later, that's awesome. Uh, and so, like, I think getting away from... I, I think it's tough to get away from the trad model of games and be, like, fully self-sustaining on that. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's tough thing. to be... But it's tough to be self-sustaining on <laughs> games of any kind, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so, figuring out what you're going for and what you what you want from it is, I think, where yeah. it is. Which is where, like, for all of the stuff that I've been writing, I have no intention of trying to make a lot of money off it. Mostly, mostly, like, for this one, like, this is the interesting thing. So, for this, really, I want to take this Gates of Tranquility adventure and put it out yeah. there for other people to use. Because I think it's yeah. a fun adventure. I think I, I had a blast run making and running a lot of these monsters. Yeah. And I think it's a good time for people. For a space between largely... I want to make it as a physical book uh, or a print on demand uh, just for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to own a physical copy of, of, of a space between if literally no one else in the world sees it. I'm okay with that. I mean, you have to let me and Jeff play a space between. Sure. But I I'll don't, let you I don't borrow know why you're copy. preventing us from playing a space between. <laughs> I'll let you, as soon as I have my copy, you can borrow my copy. I promise. Get on Twitter. Hashtag let Jeff and Brandon play a space between. <laughs> <laughs> once i finish now i have to write this first okay okay yeah oh that's that's fine i'd get on your case about that or but, i have to uh, get 90 percent of the way through writing this and then i'll bounce back and then space between of course that's the way to do it <laughs> procrastinate by using my working on my other project i i'm gonna add like a feature of mutant orchid games that is just finishing games that are 90 percent there <laughs> It's so hard. The last ninety, the last ten percent is the hardest. I I know that that is true. I know this. <laughs> I don't know why you would intentionally ever make yourself do that. Intentionally take on the hardest part. No, I'm not going to do that. That's terrible. There's got to the be. Part. I wonder if there's a role. Uh, I wonder if you could make a living <laughs> as a game designer <laughs> who just does the last ten percent of everyone's games, like just hot, like as a freelance con like mercenary, yeah. just come in and finish things. I mean, like, there is definitely a space for, like, publishers, for people that are, like, really great at running Kickstarters, that are really great for, at, like, doing the the marketing, that are really good at getting the layout, like, connecting all of the people to all the people they need to know, you know? Yeah. Like, that is a role that exists already in the in the hobby at both big macro Watsy <laughs> levels and also, like, you know, $25,000 Kickstarter levels, Um and I'm sure that it's even possible that that it is available at like, you know, at five thousand dollar, two thousand dollar Kickstarter levels. There's no reason that someone couldn't be good at those project management things and good at those Kickstarter things and do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, to but, be to be fair, I think that there is a like we we tend to look to project man like the small indie games kind of community looks to project man like the people who are project managers to help them do the publishing and advertising yeah. and printing stuff. I think there is a role for someone to project manage your game design. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like I, in doing Pasión Dos Pasiones, I was having like regular meetings with Brendan. Yeah. And that was so helpful <laughs> just yeah. like to like have him managing. Like I, I, I did not have any of those skills uh, and I've learned a lot of those skills. 
I am but often a, just like having someone yeah. to answer to. <laughs> yeah. Or to having someone to. to answer to or, or to someone to go like, okay, here's Knowing, what like, the timeline even, is. Even if you're not answering to them, having someone where you know you're going to have coffee with them you yeah. know, next week and oh they're going to say, hey, what do you, how, how much have you worked on? And even if you don't answer to them, even if they're not, you're not paying them, even if they're not paying you, just like knowing the shame of knowing that you have to go and say, well, I did nothing <laughs> the, is enough well, the, to, uh, to James, make you right work. That's what this podcast is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it does a little bit. It does a little bit. It does a little bit. 2022, you and me are going to be putting out so many games. Two. Is my goal. Three. You're going to be putting out so many games. I'm going to be putting so out many games. one game and an adventure. And, and, and more. You're going to keep on doing that. Mm, maybe. Yes. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I might put out another podcast. <laughs> I think that's more likely. I think that there's a role in this industry to have someone that you hire and pay to get you to not make podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was talking about this. Um, I sort of half jokingly, uh, half jokingly, and I may need to like go actually like uh, <laughs> toy around if I think that it's actually worthwhile doing of doing a Metatopia panel on how to not write a game for five years. <laughs> Because I am an expert at that. I think you'll find a lot of people that are uh, interested in sharing their experiences doing the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm excited for the Gate of Tranquility, the Gates of Tranquility. Nice, I, I am too. Uh, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's not going to be that hard. It's a little bit more work than I thought originally. Yeah. It's not going to be that hard for me to pull this together from what it is now into an adventure that I could publish. And once you have done that, if you would like to go in together on converting it to a rad crawl crawl, Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to help you do that. We definitely could. It's definitely, it's definitely like that. (laughs) You, I mean like legitimately take it like it is going, I think it is going to be very easy to take an established module and just like rip out its guts until it is a rad crawl crawl. Yeah. Well, especially since, and especially since with Quest, pretty much everything mechanical fits on a card already. Yep. So. <laughs> Same Z's. It's just like, take these cards away, put in the new ones. Yep. Oh, gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. And when you're ready to play test that, I, I've not played Quest yet. And yeah, I, I, I really want to. I would love to run to. this again. Uh, I, have a, I there's a bunch of people I would love to run Quest for. So yeah. I think this would be a fun, a fun starting adventure. Yes. But all right. All right. I think I think that might be our episode. Is that it? Is that us? Is that us? I think that's us. This was a fun starting episode. You <laughs> normally a, say was, oh wait. I think it was, a, it was a mostly a fun ending episode too. Uh, yeah, this is our and last it, episode, as we as we've said so many times before. <laughs> one twenty. Yeah. Plays it. Um one twenty. <laughs> My God! But uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. Before I say something else stupid, um, if you <laughs> this is not have, our last episode. If you have a great idea for a moon monster that you want to give to me for free, you can tweet that at me uh, or Brandon as well. Uh, together on Twitter, we are at Stop Back and Roll, or individually, I am at End the Meltdowns, and I'm at B Leon Gambetta. People are going to just be coming at you and going like, "Here's some supplements to your module." Yeah. <laughs> You can find all of our episodes in iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stophackandroll.com. 
We make this podcast with the support of our Patreon backers, people like Megan Cross, Larry Asmuth, Tavern Tales, Ollie Jeffrey, The It You Trash Crew, Rogue Schindler, Luke, Michael Bowman, Rich Howard, and Kettle and Clock. If you'd like to help support this show and any of our future shows and whatever hypothetical podcast I'm working on in the future, <laughs> uh, check us out at patreon.com slash stop hack and roll. If you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming a part of it. Come tell us about the games you're working on or uh, moon monsters, I guess. Uh, join our discord at tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stophackandroll.com. As the great moon elf astronaut Buzz Aldrin said, one small leap for mankind. Whoops, I didn't even get that one right. Stop, hack, and roll. That's the outro. (laughs) 